This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Country Pheasant Bail Bonds. Did your London barrister cock it up in a country courtroom? Did your expert witness fail to catch the eye of a lady magistrate? Hire Country Pheasant Bail Bonds, home of the Wrangle Dangle Pheasant. Mr. Brandon, are you free? Uh, I'm free! Hey, I'm Jeff. And I'm Brandon. Then this is That Does Suit Madam, a podcast about Are You Being Served? Hooray! Hello, Unanimous. Hello, Hello Mr. Brandon. Hello, Mr. Jeff. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Uh, spring has sprung in northern Mississippi, and uh, I think it's making everyone a little happy. The Are You Being Served slash That Does Suit Madam uh, mobile, the little car we pick up all our office supplies <laughs> in, was completely covered in a layer of yellow pollen. You could write, uh, I wrote the, the words, I'm free in the back windshield. <laughs> so bad. So That's hopefully, awesome. you know, you're not sneezing. <laughs> this is a good episode, I have to say. Like, every episode we record of uh, Are You Being Served Again slash... Grace and favor. I'm like pleasantly surprised at how fun it is. This is this is fun. This is finally getting fun. I was a little trep. I had some trepidation about the first two, which is unusual for you, isn't it, Mister Jack? It is. It is is indeed, Mister Brandon. You know, Um, but this was actually really funny, and I don't know if it was because we had other people to interact with, or they were in a different setting. But we'll get to all that. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. So um, we've been hearing from the people. The good unanimous followers of the podcast, have we not? We have. We have indeed, Mr. Brandon. Yes, we have. And unfortunately, <laughs> one of them have has dashed our dreams because we've started, we've been talking about on this show what we might do once we run out of a Grace and Favor episodes. And one of oh, the things yes. we've been b- batting back and forth was maybe we'll do a Kath and Kim <gasps> podcast. I know. But it looks it like would be one unusual. of our... It would be noise. It would be different. It would be different. Different, it unusual, but... noise, yeah. Um, but one of, uh, it looks like someone out there in the pod verse has already beat us to it. And someone named Roddy Walden has started to look at Mui, uh, <laughs> this week, uh, a new podcast about Kyath and Kim. And it's a little different than most TV inspired podcasts yeah, and that it's yeah. not a recap show. Uh, but they're using topics from each episode to unpack other things about the fandom and, um, uh, and the show itself. So yeah, and I've heard uh, Roddy Walden on. Um, I don't know if a lot of North Americans know his name, but I think he's fairly popular down in Australia. So he's oh, done is he a, really? Yeah, he's done a lot of um, kind of podcasty things. That one about like a sex column, something something, and the Australian people, I'm sure, are pulling their hair out saying that's wrong. But um, so we just wanted to congratulate someone else picking up a television show and making a podcast out of it. <laughs> you know, I mean. Po- Kath and Kim, in fact, I think yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the mm-hmm. first airing of the first episode. So, like, all of Australia was doing, like, a lamentation of the fact that the, the house was torn down, but, like, remembering the good times. So, mm-hmm. anyway. So, we wanted to give a little podcasty shouty-outy to uh, look at Moy. It's nice. Yeah. It's unusual. It's different. And um, any train spotters in the crowd would be uh, delighted to know that... 
as part of her Diamond Jubilee celebrations <gasps> that um, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II officially opened the Elizabeth Line, uh, which is also known as the Crossrail Project. Um, and they're ready to start receiving passengers next week. And she looked lovely in a, in a glorious, uh, crownly shade of yellow, uh, her, her ensemble. She likes to be seen in a crowd. She always wears nice, bright colors and a hat. She actually, she had her first, her, her oyster card. She's, uh, there's a cute <laughs> video of her, like, hold, someone give it to her, and then she kind of, like, taps it, and then she kind of points at a screen. She's like, what's all this then, or whatever. That's hysterical. But I love her. She's 96. God bless her. Right. Even if she wasn't the queen, she'd probably have no idea how to tap in and tap out, right? Uh, probably. Yeah, she has yeah. people for that. She has, she has exactly. carriages for that, actually. But that was cool, so that yeah. was good. Yeah, and so uh, with that, here's our semi-monthly reminder, <laughs> my weekly how yeah. often these episodes are coming out these days, to please um, watch your local news about upticks in COVID variants and wear a mask when it makes sense. Wash your hands, keep washing your hands, because that's just good common sense anytime. Um, pay attention to what's happening in Ukraine and in Washington with Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. And as always... Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Yes, indeed. And you've all done very well. What is this? Hold on a second. We got to stop the presses. We don't have any presses, but if we did, we'd stop them. <laughs> now, I'm just looking out the That Does Sue Madam um, Silo recording studio, and there's a bus. Now, I've, I've written letters to these people. These, these buses keep dragging up all the dust. Northern Mississippi sometimes can get very dusty. Uh, the pollen, mm -hmm. you know. And there's someone else coming out of the, that damn bus. It's, what does it say? Let me try to read. I can't, I'm putting on my glasses. I'm trying to read what it says. The lower Ohio County line of the Northern Mississippi Bus Company. Do we don't know anyone from lower Ohio County, Mississippi, but. Mr. Brandon, have you not remembered about that new intern that's starting well, this week? They're getting off the bus. Oh, wait, they're knocking on the door. Maybe it is an intern. Could you open the door, <laughs> Jeff? Like, what's going on? Oh, well, uh, hold on, everybody. We have someone just coming in, just unannounced, almost, walking into the studio. And uh, who, who is this person knocking at the door? It's Mr. Bill from Lower Ohio. Welcome Mr. to the Bill. pod, Mr. Hello. Bill. Hello. Hello there. Are you free, Mr. Bill? I am free. Oh, that was yeah. very low, very low indeed. Oh, and yes. I'm so excited <laughs> to finally say that. Okay, so um, why are you why are you trust? You know, we were doing a, re a recording, right? Did you see the big red light flashing? Do not enter recording. Well, I applied for the internship, and you guys never got back to me. <laughs> oh, that's what was on my calendar. That was just a bunch of letters that didn't make any sense. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you hang out in the episode, and then maybe you can see if you can how many of those egg tea cozies you can knit in about an hour. <laughs> and if you can do it for free, you can be our intern. Sounds like a deal. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, excellent. Not only is Mr. Bill um, our probationary intern for free, he's also a super fan of the podcast and um, he loves Are You Being Served. So that's cool. So tell the unanimous who you are, Mr. Bill. Who are you? Other than our free labor. Mr. Bill. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to, to Are You Being Served or watching Are You Being Served mm -hmm. for about 36 years now. Holy moly. <laughs> wow. That's I, a long time. <laughs> before, I was, yes, before I was born, my dad actually lived in Scotland in the military, and he got hooked on British TV. Uh -huh. And when he came home, he always watched it on PBS. And then after mm. he had me, I started watching it with him. 
Was your mother in Scotland as well, or just your dad? Because maybe you just heard my dad. Inter, inter womb. Oh, okay. In utero. In utero, <laughs> are you being served? <laughs> your first words are "I'm free." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so your dad was from Scotland, and and um, did he watch a lot of British sitcoms and stuff, and like PBS kind of? Thing? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who. Are you being mm. served, Benny Hill? Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My childhood was stuff like that. So lots of Excellent. politically correct, non-sexist jokes. <laughs> That's right. Lots of American uh, humor. No, yeah. Nothing offensive ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and so a lot of our uh, listen, a lot of our fans, and a lot of our guests on the podcast will say that they sometimes often relate to one of the characters. Oh yeah. And so, which of the Grace Brothers staff do you most identify with? Depending on the day, Mister Lucas or Mister Humphreys. Because I, uh, okay. I like the, how Mr. Humphreys will say the joke without really saying the joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but Like an aside to himself, almost. But some of the quips that Mr. Lucas would make it to Mrs. Slocum, <laughs> those come naturally to me. <laughs> so you're everyone's favorite co-worker at their office then, aren't you? <laughs> Dep- depending who the joke's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, That's and great. For, for diversity's sake, he is one of our very few token straight uh, listeners. So <gasps> straight people, you you know, you can't complain that it's too gay anymore. So thank you very much for filling our quota, Mr. Bill. We appreciate that. <laughs> Every time Mr. Jeff says this, maybe 25, I'm like, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> he raises his hand. That's great. That's great. And how did you find out about the pod? Honestly, um, during COVID, of course, Yeah, I wanted something to listen to while I play video games. Okay. Because I didn't go any place besides my job, and I I love Are You Being Solved. I was rewatching it yet again, and mm-hmm. like oh, I bet you there's a good podcast about it. And I found you guys, and instantly I loved it. Excellent! Oh, that's great. And your social life has completely vanished since because you've done <laughs> nothing but listen to our shows. Did you tell us, or did you say in your application rather that you mailed to us last week that you uh, watched? Nothing but are you listen to our show like completely nonstop for like nineteen hours without sleeping or something crazy? What did you say? Close to it, uh, two days <laughs> to catch up. I listened to thirteen episodes. That's that's dedication. That's we should like give you an award. Okay. He really wants it. this internship. You know I what, do, Mr. Bill. You're hired. There's no pay. <laughs> you're hired though. I've had similar jobs for the government with no pay. <laughs> <laughs> Then it shall be no different with us. Um, and also, you'll, you'll have to sweep the canteen, like, every day. But, in fact, before we go down for the canteen, could you go sweep it? That'd be great. Thanks. Uh, and so, Mr. Bill, is this your first time being on a podcast? Uh, it is not, actually. I began podcasting a few months ago. My show's called Stranger Happenings. Oh, wow. Okay, is that about Stranger Things? Uh, believe it or not, no. I keep joking. <laughs> but I joke that. It's a, the same concept, though. Anything that's unusual, weird, or strange. We cover people that want to talk about cryptids or ghosts, UFOs. Just okay. Okay. Discussing, like, trying to prove or disprove each item. And, uh, huh. and we also like to cover, to be diverse, different cultures and religions. That's stuff that you don't hear mainstream that doesn't get the coverage it deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, so, cool. so you're not going to talk about the chupacabra because that's way too mainstream. We eventually wrote this as a joke because it keeps getting <laughs> it keeps getting requested. <laughs> All right. So, if, if people bet, wanted to I listen bet. to your podcast, Mr. Bill, how would they do that? 
We're on Facebook under Stranger Happenings, Spotify. Okay. Of course, my mind goes blank now that I'm asked that All the question. places you normally find podcasts, <laughs> yes, like all we the say. places. I'm not joking. I think we're on 16 different sites, just not That's YouTube. crazy. Excellent. Is there a collective noun you have for the listeners of Stranger Happenings? I call them strangers. <laughs> strangers. Nice. Oh, okay. See, unanimous. You're called unanimous. That's a collective noun. And I love unanimous. So, well, that's cool. So you're not a completely uncharted territory here in um, That Does Suit Madam Recording Studios. No. The silo can get a little dusty, so you're going to have to do that as well, if you don't mind, for free. <laughs> okay. Anything to get that free internship. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, work experience. So, Mr. Jeff, um, we're doing an episode, but I don't remember what it's about. What are, what are, we, what are we talking about today? Tonight, we're going to be talking about Series 1, Episode 3, The Court Case. Ooh. And this originally premiered on January 24th, 1992. And that week in the news, mm-hmm. at the top of the Billboard 100 chart, it is not Michael Jackson, but it's now All for Love by Color Me Bad. Sing it, because I, I can't place that. Oh, I can't <laughs> sing it. Mr. Bill, are you a singer? No, I played instruments. Uh, all for Love. Not even close. Not even close. And then at the top of the UK singles chart was Good Night Girl by Wet Wet Wet. I had never heard of this song or this group before, so I can't even sing it if even I wanted to. Um, I'm going to just leave that one right where it is because something tells me I would have nothing, no no history or, or familiarity with the song for some reason. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Also that week, the uh, Chapultepec peace accords were signed in Mexico City, which ended the 12-year Salvadoran Civil War. Important. Um, Presidential candidate Bill Clinton and Jennifer Flowers accuse each other of lying over her assertion that they had a 12-year affair. Okay. Remember that name, Jennifer Flowers? Yeah, there's something familiar about that. Yeah. And then SCORE began selling international soccer cards. Uh, meanwhile, Marcus and Company had introduced the first soccer cards back in 1898. So even though they weren't as popular as baseball cards or hockey cards, okay. this is when the uh, uh, the market began for soccer cards. So is or this, is this association the, football? Is this the episode's uh, moment of butch? Because you always bring <laughs> up like these butch things, like soccer cards, and one time you were like. How many basketball points are made when the little ball goes in the little swoosh thing? <laughs> I, I don't need, remember the details, obviously. We, we, need, we need a button on our soundboard for the moment of butch of each episode, right? The and maybe it's like moment. me saying, maybe it's like me saying, I'm free or something like that. <laughs> or we could take an, a recording of Mr. Humphrey saying it and just like slow it down really low. Right. <laughs> or oh, I said it's the token moment. Every episode. <laughs> oh, yes. The token moment. Love it. There we go. There All right. Go. So I've already said I love this episode, but let's rehash it in case you haven't. So what's the first thing happening on this theme? So it's the next day. So like we asserted last episode, this is going to be a very sequential. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is the next day after uh, Mrs. Slocum got, had gotten arrested for stealing the horse and cart. <laughs> And Mavis is in the kitchen making breakfast, and she's drawing faces on the eggs based on how they're cooked. 
So the Which ones is so with, cute. The ones with the mouse are the soft ones. The ones with the little smile are the firm ones. And the ones with the big smile are the hard ones. <laughs> you get an appreciative laugh from the audience. And then Mr. Humphreys chimes in, well, put me down for a hopeful grin. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid, I did not get that joke. But as an adult, I, I get that joke. I understand it There now. you go. Right? And I just want to say also, I forgot to mention this on the last two episodes. I don't know if it was on the first one of Ari being served again, Grace and Favor. But I really love the opening credits, how they're clearly like a, a, an oil painting. And then the oil painting becomes the, uh, the first the scene. scene. The, the, the first scene, So yeah. someone had to film the scene, and then they had to go back and then paint one of the video stills. And it's just like so old-fashioned. You like that? I think that happened in the 70s, 70s and 80s, right? Like other shows. But not yeah, anymore. I mean, I'm thinking of like Family Ties. They, I don't know, they didn't do it every episode, but you had them actually, you know, painting, doing the watercolor painting of the, or the oil painting of the entire family, and then you oh had my God, the, the I living room, about right? That. Um, who else did like that painting? Well, the Beans of Boston pilot, we saw that as well. <laughs> no one else has, but anyway, no one else, right? <laughs> So Mavis um, yeah. says to Mr. Humphreys, well, you were restless in bed last night, Ooh. so she's still sleeping in his bed. And we haven't quite figured out what's going on there, apart from that country people shack up to keep warm at night. I wonder if, like, the audience was beginning to wonder if Mr. Humphreys may not be a lifelong confirmed bachelor. I don't know. Maybe. Right, but he wants a hopeful grin in his egg, so he wants something somewhere between firm and hard, <laughs> and I don't think Mavis has anything to offer that's somewhere between firm and hard. Oh, Mavis. I have to say, this is so, like, it's. It, I, I love how it's, it is already being served. It's the same people. It's, it's the same kind of joke. Like, that is such an already being served joke. I'll just put me down for a hopeful grin. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I would say as a 12-year-old little gay boy in Arkansas. And, like, people would just and like, And no one would what? get the reference. What? I was, I was confused. Yeah. I was a confusing child. Captain Peacock descends the stairs, and he's wearing his floor walker suit, complete with carnation, <laughs> mind you. Right. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Slocum comes down, and she's wearing a funeral veil. Right? <laughs> Hysterical <laughs> that she thinks she's being sent to the gallows, which sets up a, a series of jokes later on. Yeah. But this is not appropriate for court. Well, it, you're going for the sympathy, you know. I guess, but Miss um, Brown's remarks, oh, Crippen's bird. And, yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, so um, Harvey Crippen was a 19th century doctor who murdered his wife. And he fled on boat. He was American. And he fled on boat from London to Canada uh, to come to the U.S. Okay. Uh, his mistress was Ethel Lenev. And she wore a big veil with that kind of point at the top, much like that at all of his court proceedings. Like, if you look up some of the early photographs or, I guess, daguerreotypes that were taken, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she, she's wearing that exact kind of veil. So I guess that must have been something in the public eye yeah, the I mean, like, for this audience to know, to get the That reference. seems like a very vague and, like, very shot-in-the-dark kind of thing. But apparently, you know how the British love... Oh, um, we'll talk about, oh, what's Guy Fawkes? Like, that was 16-something, like mm -hmm. but it, everyone knows about him, and, you know, it's just so different. Well, that's a, that's a holiday. That's different. I know, but, like, I don't know. 1930, people don't remember shit here, right? Yeah, that's true. I don't know if I put on my internship application, but I actually have a Guy Fawkes tattoo. <laughs> tattoo? I do. Oh, oh wow. I don't know if our insurance policy will cover that. We'll have to check with our solicitors. 
So I am that strange American that knows that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently all of the listeners who listen all are uh, lovely and strange in our own special ways, right? But you know what I mean? Like this, this, this Harvey Crippen, like, I don't know, like it just seems very obscure. But like maybe that's because I'm American. I don't know anything about the UK, but... It seems awfully, awfully um, obscure for anyone to know, right? Because it was a, I don't, I don't remember it being particularly landmark in that he was like the first international refugee on boat or something like that. <laughs> but yeah. uh, maybe it was that, that it was just like a, a, a very well-known um, look, uh, you know, of how she looked in, in the court. Um, I guess maybe like the closest thing we would have is maybe Pilgrim's. Or you you could say Jack the Ripper, like people know who Jack the Ripper is, but like not how they dressed. But what, that's what I'm talking about, like what they look like. You know, with pilgrims, people think of like the hat with the buckle and the shoes with the oh, buckle. the buckle. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Mrs. Silkham bemoans that it's her first time that she's been in court. Have either of you ever been inside a real courtroom? Yes, all the charges were dropped there, so don't don't worry about that. Anymore. Uh, I no, haven't. I haven't. I've been completely unscathed, which is unusual for me. It is. It isn't. <laughs> what about you, Mister Bill? Part part of the background check we have to check for you. I actually have been as grand oh. jury and when I did criminal justice. Oh, okay. So you weren't in the dock. I've never been in the dock. Oh god. Yeah. All right. Me neither. I've only been in once uh, uh, for uh, to be on a jury as well, and. My years of watching Law and Order and all kind of procedural TV dramas did not prepare me for what jury duty was going to be like, let me tell you. <laughs> it was not the most exciting thing. Do, do add that to Mr. Bill's application, though, that he's not being in the dock. So that's okay. okay not in the dock. Not we'll in we'll the do dock. that. We'll, we'll add that into the background check, yeah. <laughs> um, so Mrs. Bra- Ms. Brown's retorts, well, what about the time that you was legless in Benidorm, knocked off the policeman's hat, fired his pistol, and shouted, Franco's a Burke? okay there's so much to unpack there there's so much to unpack there but i think that's a lot of uh a lot of things for brahms to recall about a secondhand story she was told when slocum was apparently drunk Uh, perfect i love it first of all okay we there's the first thing i want to unpack is what is a burke okay so we've talked about this word before on the podcast allegedly it is short for (laughs) berkeley hunt which is Cockney rhyming slang for explicit rating. Explicit rating, yes. Is that? It's it. Oh, yeah, it, yes, it's, it's, it's exactly what I was joking, but that's the actual word. That's the actual <gasps> word. Yeah. Okay. It's so it's an insult that someone is someone who fucks up is kind of a jerk. See you right? next Thursday, as RuPaul <laughs> would go. say. Okay. There you go. But out of respect, right. we shan't say it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And we've also talked about Franco on the podcast before. When we talked about a recap of the movie. The movie. He was the, he was the dictator of Spain. Yeah, for like a long right? time. Yeah. Benidorm. Oh my God, so much to say. We don't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> so Benidorm is one of the series that we apparently talk a lot about on the show. Um, it's an actual real place in Spain on the Costa Blanca, which is like the Mediterranean coast, like the, what, east? east coast of of uh spain and yeah so yeah. you know a couple mi- a couple miles south not a couple miles uh, a couple hundred miles south of like valencia and barcelona yeah yeah so it's um when you're in the uk it's very expensive to go on holiday in like london or like saint ives or what's that little peninsula at the bottom of like the southwest corner of england 
where it's super nice. Cornwall? Cornwall, yeah. So the Cornwall Peninsula, it's like, it's the most tropical-ish weather in the UK. Tropical-ish. But they have palm trees and it's warm, you know, and there's beaches and stuff. Um, So you would think that all of Britain would go down there for a holiday, but it's quite expensive. It's very expensive. So it's actually a lot cheaper for people in the, the, let's say, the north to fly to Spain because they have these really cheap deals and like package deals and, and resorts and stuff. Well, all not inclusive. anymore. Oh, what happened? Not since Brexit. It's not going to be, yeah. Um, Mr. Bill, did you live in Scotland at all uh, when you were growing no. up? No. He moved okay. uh, back a year before he married my mom, which is two years before I was Got born. Got it, okay. But um, I'm big on my Scottish history because even though he was American... We have a lot of Scottish roots, and like we know a Scottish clan and crest. Got it. Okay, I was going to ask if you where you went on holidays as a child, but if you grew up in the states, you went to Branson, Missouri, and Walt <laughs> Disney World, just That's like right. the rest of us. <laughs> Disney and Cedar Point. Okay, but the cool thing yeah. about Benidorm is is like all of the people from the UK, especially it. It seems to be more popular with uh, folks in the north of England, like Yorkshire, Manchester, Birmingham, maybe. Birmingham's but, not north. The no, no, but get, I'm just thinking please of Please like, note unanimous that that was Mr. Brandon who called Birmingham <laughs> the north and none of the rest of us. Please direct all your hate mail to I'm him. I'm an American. What the hell do I know? <laughs> right? I just know that our electoral college is going to be the downfall of our country. Yes, but anyway, behind, besides all of that. Um, anyway, so like it's, it's much cheaper for these British folks to travel to Spain where they have the pound versus the euro, which is, you know, a good spending power. Anyway, so this TV show, Benidorm, B-E-N-I-D-O-R-M, it'll be your new favorite thing, second only to your being served. All of these folks from the north of England go to this one uh, um, stand, this one resort called the Solana, and they kind of recreate a little England in this resort. And they bring all of their, like, silly British funny jokes and interpretations of the world. And they're all kind of lower class, which is brings all that class stuff in, which we talk about a lot in Are You Being Served is kind of a lot of the funny stuff. Like, so like Mrs. Slocum and Captain Peacock, they think, I live from a semi-detached house with a, semi, with a color television set. But no, they actually have egg and chips like everyone else for lunch. Mm-hmm. So that whole kind of thing of someone thinks they're a little bit better than they really are, but they're not is really a lot of the, the comedy. So if you like that kind of thing, Benidorm is... Anyway, that's me unpacking Benidorm, but it's, it's very funny stuff. It's actually on my watch list to watch after I finish Kath and Kim. You're welcome, good is all choice. we can say. Very, very good choice. You two have influenced my television. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, I, I really wish we got a sponsor from BritBox, man. Like, we keep sending people there. But with going back to the joke, I love how Miss Slocum, uh, Mrs. Brahms, Miss Brahms says... Uh, something about Benidorm, which instantly kind of, I think, for the British audience, probably um, tells them, oh, that's right, she's from the north, and she's kind of lower class, and she doesn't have a lot of money, so she goes to Benidorm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's British right. folks, let us know if that's the wrong interpretation, but I, I bet you that's it. So back in the manor, Mr. Thorpe, Thorpe, and Thorpe are going to come over from London to represent Mrs. Slocum. Uh, and Mr. Thorpe is going to act as her barrister. Mm. So I needed to do a quick um, English Law 101 to remind solicitor, myself. Solicitor, barrister, lawyer, attorney? A solicitor, yep, yep, between a solicitor and a who barrister. Knows? So a barrister is someone who defends people in court, whereas a solicitor performs like legal paperwork stuff. So if you needed someone to look at your 
contract for your house that you were buying, mm-hmm. you'd go to a solicitor. If you were getting divorced, you'd go to a solicitor. But if you stole someone's cart and buggy on a country road, <laughs> you would get a barrister to defend you. Okay. Yeah, I just kind of use those words interchangeably. So, yeah. well done, right. Professor Jeff. Thank you very much for that. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Moulton brings in the morning paper, and I'm reminded very much of AbFab, um, the episode, I think it's series three, episode one, Holiday. Okay. Um, MP and drug-crazed sex romp shock with Fash Mag Slag, where Patsy has been in the papers. Say that three times faster. Because, Do it. Because she got it. caught. Do it. She got caught um, having an affair with an MP. Mr. Silkin was on the front page. Pensioner and rumpus over stolen car. And of course, <laughs> Mrs. P- Mrs. Silkham is beyond, beside herself that she's referred to as a pensioner. She can't even believe it to herself. She's like, oh, there must have been somewhere else who got into an accident or had some discomfort. Yeah, no, they her. must be referring to the man whose horse I stole, right? <laughs> right. But it's the picture of the paper is not even her. It's her bloomers for when she mooned the post office on the way back. Oh, no. So oh, she's beside herself. The good thing is that um, when, she, when she was being interviewed by the police and the reporter from the Mercury Gazette was there, she refused to give her age. But they recovered her bus pass from the floor of the chateau. That is some quality journalism right there. And you know what, though? That's also very British, I think. Because in England, and I think New York and other places, when you can get like a bus pass because you're like a pensioner or we would say a senior citizen it entitles you to like half off bus fare. So everyone's very happy to have it. And maybe because she had like a bus thing and she would have the cheaper fare because she's over 60, whatever, that's why they know that she's a pensioner. I don't know. It just seemed like a perfect little British joke to me. Yeah, absolutely. So how old is Mrs. Slocum? (gasps) Oh God. Can you do the math? I cannot. Well, she was flat on her back and clapping common during the bombing. Right. So, I don't know. What do you think? Well, we know that she was 49 in the episode with Happy Birthday, uh, 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 right? I thought she said, I'm, I'm 36. No, no, she, we, the, the cake said 50, right? But she turned out that, um, that that was wrong, right? So, she's actually supposed to be 64. Her and Captain Peacock are the, are the same age. They're 64. Oh, my God. And Mr. Humphreys is supposed to be 50. Now, look at how they're portraying these people at 50 and 64, at something that, that was only, what, 30 years ago. You know, we talked By about the way, how I think I hear, age was... Rep- I hear the Northern Mississippi ice cream truck. Mr. Bill, would you <laughs> mind going to grab two ice creams for us? You can maybe buy one for yourself, but definitely get us two. Could you go do that for us? I need a chain for a five. Okay, good. Thank you. Just, just hurry back before it melts. I gotta say, I love how Mrs. Slocum is wearing all black. She has her, like, veil on. She has her very white hair. Um, it's kind of a good look. It, it, it pictured, like, I pictured her, she could be walking around in the movie because it was set in Spain, and I just pictured, like, all she needed is, like, a Spanish guitar and, like, sitting on the edge of, like, a patio or something and, like, serenading. Like, she, she would fit in. I miss the cold hair a lot. So I was glad to see the. Dr- I'm glad too. to see the dramatic outfit. Yes, because it was always red, but my grandmother always had bright red hair, and I mean bright red that it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't rational. So <laughs> it was sad to see Mrs. Slocum stop doing that. Like my grandmother eventually stopped. 
But I will say there's a little bit of a brief a preview. She does go back to change her hair later in episodes. Won't tell you oh, which one. Good to know. Won't tell you which color. Just hold on tight, unanimous. So, and, uh, thanks for coming back with those ice creams very fast. Very fast. Very nice. Anytime. <laughs> the melting already, though. I ran fast. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Good intern. So, um, Mavis but, lets us know that she hopes that Mr. Silicon will get um, Sir Robert as the uh, magistrate because um, he's very fair. He's strict but fair. Mm. But he's also the master of the foxhounds. So she hopes that the fact that Tittles ruined the hunt, we, that he won't hold that against her when holding down a ruling. Oh right? dear, it's all happening in the country. It's all happening, right? <laughs> uh, Miss Lovelock comes down the stairs in just a towel. Uh, didn't anyone hear the phone? Uh, she's had to leave her bath in order to answer the phone. And whoever called a taxi is getting canceled on. Uh, Mr. Rumble had called taxis for everyone to take them to town to go to the office. Um, to go to the court, excuse me. I love that they don't have a car, by the way. Like, why would they not have a car? <laughs> I mean, it makes a good TV show, but I'm just like, okay, now we get to put them on a hay, hay wagon, right? But like... Well, they don't have any money. All of their money is tied up in this manner that they have to run. So they don't have any money to buy a car. And yeah, that's true. the Molters hadn't needed one before that. Because <laughs> so they're simple it, country yeah, folk. Yeah. And they all live in London, right? Car. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, Miss Lovelock is going to take Captain Peacock on her motorcycle, and Mr. Moulter will take everybody else on the tractor. Ca- Captain Peacock has a daydream while he's on the motorcycle that he's winning the Formula One, and the the announcer is saying that you know he's thirty seven, he's he's uh, in a romantic uh, tryst with his mechanic, Miss Jessica Lovelock. Da 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 da. She comes out dressed in motorcycle leathers gets on and does a wheelie and he starts to scream and he decides that he's um, taking the, the tractor with everyone and else. And it's so cute. He Did has, anyone notice his... Yeah, he has the, uh, the, the visor like all fogged up because he's like hyperventilating. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny. That's so his character because he's always like, oh, you know, I fought hand to hand with Rommel in the desert and da da da. But he's like a big old pussycat. Like he's very scared and like not, never once, like he didn't fight the guy in the boxing ring. Because he had exactly. like a boil or who knows. He's such a big baby, yeah. The staff are helping Mr. Moulter load the piglets onto the tractor because the whole reason that he's driving into town is to sell them at market. Um, uh, fancy traveling with pigs. Well, it's better than the Bakerloo line. Great little London reference there. Oh, I didn't catch that. The Bakerloo. Yep. Okay, so what's wrong with the Bakerloo tube station line? Uh, so the Bakerloo line is notorious for um, delays. Its points are not the best. It, there's constant failures. It's slow. And there's so, not yeah. a weight rose in sight underground down there. It's <laughs> so bad. Those poor, poor people in London. Uh, is that true? Is there? No. I'm sure I'm sure in Charing Cross Station, there's got to be a little weight rose somewhere. <laughs> maybe down to Elephant Castle. Maybe. Uh, maybe these days. Who knows? Um, we get a great visual gag, you know, the fish out of water bit with the city folk handling the pigs that are all squealing and squirming. They set them down on the floor of the tractor, and once Mr. Moulter takes off, they all fall down into the muck and the hay and everything. I was really impressed, like, how the actors handle those little pigs, because they were like little wild animals. They were wiggling around, and uh, Molly Sugden just grabbed onto that little thing and <laughs> made, her, made her mark, you know. It could have been. They were all very clean piglets, though. I wonder how many well takes washed. that took, though. You know, and she yeah. looked so happy mm. holding the pig. 
I know she did. <laughs> she really she? did. She I loved it. Pretending it was Tittles. Who makes a Who makes a debut later on? Yeah, being an animal lover, I'm sure that she was yeah, that she was happy to do that because both Wendy Richard and Molly Sugden were um, known for their um, activism. Maybe not as much as say B. Arthur and Ro- and uh, Betty White from the Golden Girls were, mm. but you know they were uh, animal activists in Aww. their own right. Yeah, good for that. I'm starting to feel a little parched, and I think it might be time for us to send our intern down to the canteen. Well, since we've had all this ice cream, teas. it just makes me thirsty now. So, you know. <laughs> so uh, yes. So if you go down the hallway, Mr. Bill, and go down those dark stone steps with that one light bulb hanging from the wire down the ceiling, <laughs> um, it's a little damp. You'll have to clean that up later. But just sweep up the canteen, all right? You go on ahead. And we'll go down maybe 20 minutes. I think I'd like some Earl Grey. What about you, Mr. Jeff? Well, you know what? I think I want a bacon bap because seeing all those pigs, you know, put that idea in my head. You know head. what? Good, make it two, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Bill. Uh, two bacon baps and, you know, just have a whole thing of... And some Earl Grey. Earl Grey. That'd be lovely. And uh, we'll be right back after we enjoy ourselves after our uh, intern cleans up after us. Mr. Brandon, I'm not quite sure about this new intern. Those bacon baps had mayonnaise on them instead of butter. And I'd, oh, hello, Mr. Bill. Welcome back. So glad to have you. Thank well, you. Well, you for know, Mr. Up. Jeff, you had to come from New York City to Northern Mississippi. That is how we do bacon baps in Northern <laughs> Mississippi with mayonnaise. Is that right, Mr. Bill? I mean, I know you're from Lower Ohio County. Maybe things are a little different down in Southern Mississippi, but here in Northern Mississippi, that's how we do it anyway. Well, they look good that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, add, fry it. I mean, maybe we should have them. I, he was wanting to fry the whole thing in deep, deep lard, and I said, maybe that's too much for us. That's the Ohio way. So. <laughs> the lower Ohio <laughs> County way, yeah. So, but thank you for the uh, Earl Grey. Thank you for the bacon baps and the ice cream that you went back out again to get was delicious. Thank you very much. Anytime. So far, this free labor thing's really working out great. <laughs> yeah. So, back, uh, back in the country... Uh, they're traveling on core. They're traveling by the country roads, and um, they're all remarking how peaceful it is and how well behaved the pigs are. <laughs> and then they all start to turn up their noses. Apparently, the pigs have made some additional muck uh, on the, their side of the tractor. Ooh. Yeah, they were so cute. Uh, they arrive at the court and they meet Mr. Thorpe, and he plans to plead guilty. <laughs> and they start talking about all these other cases about similar. Uh, horse cart theft and how the last person who was guilty they had to hang in the basement and it seems a little outrageous which presumably yes. happened in the 17th century right right <laughs> it was dick turpin actually which was a famous highwayman case i looked it up because it sounded familiar it's becoming a tv show on apple tv a comedy starring noel fielding as we what? know from the it crowd oh, oh my god okay. he's gonna play dick turpin they haven't named this show yet but it's coming out soon that is That's some excellent. hot take right there, Mr. Bill. That's uh, you should have okay. put that. You should have put that on your application. I'm working hard for that zero paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know um, the actor's name that's going to be in it? Noel Fielding. He he played Noel. the. He was the vampire in the basement in It Crowd. Um, I need to watch yeah. It Crowd more, but it's on BritBox. That's right, BritBox. <laughs> bringing all of your favorite TV shows. Yeah, It Crowd had the um, best Microsoft joke ever. Do you remember it? There was an episode where there's a bomb squad scare, and they're standing next to the bomb, and the robot comes out to defuse the bomb, and it freezes. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, don't worry, just one second. It's Windows and Names What Edition, and both guys, being IT guys, freak out because they recognize 
the software. <laughs> this is never going to work. <laughs> this is never going to work. Oh, no. That's oh, awesome. Well, that's cool. Some, that's something to look forward to. That's the thing. When you know, like, British comedies, British TV, um, there's a lot of content that that little island makes, isn't there? Wow. It's a, a lot. <laughs> there is. So what, what new British TV are you watching right now, Mr. Bell? Uh, for new shows, Death in Paradise is a detective show I watch. Um, they drop two episodes a week on BritBox. Come on, sponsorship for these guys. <laughs> yes, thank you, Mr. Uh, Beer. Yeah. Shakespeare and Hathaway, Father Brown. Those are just the new ones, and I've watched so much old British comedy, you guys would be either scared or impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember Benny Hill was a favorite of um, the lovely listener who left us a message for the unanimous episode who has the Are You Being Served website. Alina, yeah. Alina, yeah, she really liked Benny Hill. If you I look think... up his biography, you become a better fan because he was nothing like his character. Really? He was very quiet, lived with his mom, would always get his shoes fixed rather than buy new shoes. He was a nice. very quiet individual. Speaking of someone who's very quiet, did you all see the Jimmy Savile documentary on Netflix? I haven't watched it yet, no. It's on the list, but it's pretty oh, far down. Oh, wow. I can't bring myself it's, to it yet. Yeah, it's it's really, ugh. like, it's funny because mm. he was such a huge factor in, like, the media for so many decades. And I think Mr. Humphreys at one point mentions Jimmy Savile, like, at one point. Because he's just, it's in the zeitgeist. Like, he was made a, 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 a knight. So, if you can stomach things about abuse... Uh, it's a very interesting t- a television show to watch on Netflix in the States. I don't, I don't know if it's in the UK or not, but oof. So Anyhow. we've got, so we've got a very, another very divisive topic that we visit time and time again mm. on this podcast. Uh, I'm hoping Mr. Bill, you may be able to help end this once and for all. Um, <laughs> EastEnders or Corey? You know what? Oh, I never watched either <gasps> one and it's hard, but if you look, they're getting very hard to find episode streaming in America. So if somebody wants to help me find one to watch, East Indoors, only one season, the newest one is available on BritBox. Well, the thing is, with, with the way that it, they're numbered, it's all one season. No, I mean, only 2022 is showing up today, even. Oh, only, oh really? Okay. So I actually went to watch it today for the first time, and no luck. I wasn't going to stop that late into it. <laughs> yeah, so so EastEnders and Corey, the latest episodes are both available on BritBox. I think you can go back a little bit further on Good. Hulu, on American Hulu, I have that. with Corey. Um, I don't know where you can get old East and. I'll look on Acorn later. I have Acorn also. Maybe, I am Team maybe, Corey, yeah. and I'm I'm proud of that. But my and used to be one called Peyton Place. That was a, the the third one. That was my nickname for my dad as a kid whenever I was dramatic. <laughs> Aww, that's cute. Excellent. Oh my god. Mr. Thorpe asks Mrs. Slocum, any previous convictions? And I expected Patsy to chime in with, no, they're just really firm beliefs. Right? <laughs> um, cl- classic joke about you know, <laughs> drug convictions. Right? I need to watch that. Um, You've not, have you not seen Absolutely Fabulous? He's our token straight, of course he's off my watch list, though, believe it or not. Because I'm a big fan I'm clutching my pearls. Of, of Don French. I love Don French. Uh, she's the fabulous. Dibbling. Yes, the, that's one of the greatest comedies of from any country. Well, it's funny because I think as a gay man, when you when you realize that you think other boys are cute at like twelve or thirteen, you get mailed the DVDs of Absolutely Fabulous. <laughs> so that is why, Bill, you did not uh, you're not privy to them yet. I but it was 
it was required viewing, right? Yeah. It was I, probably I, the queerest honestly, thing on TV back then. It totally was. I mean, it was... I, I understand that you're ever so slightly younger than I am, Mr. Brandon. But Very when young. I was um, the beginning of high school, they were airing on Comedy Central. Yeah. And yeah. so it was right after um, who's li- the British version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? So if I didn't like immediately change a channel to MTV or whatever, and I saw like the first such a nineties thing to say, <laughs> right? That uh, yeah, I wasn't going back to TRL or whatever. That oh like gosh. I'd see the first minute or whatever. It was like you're hooked. There's something about AbFab. If you've got a queer, a g- growing queer eye as a teenager, you you get hooked. You you latch on. Oh, th- these are my people. These are my tribe. This is going to be queer adjacent humor. And you, you you sink right in. But it's very uh, very um, silly, which is kind of a common thread, and it's also very irreverent, you know, which yes. I I adore. So yeah. So there's another show. So maybe this is becoming like the British television, TV network, um, <laughs> smart think tank the, that you don't know file. you know you want to watch yet. Maybe right. if I do a good job on the steps, you guys can make me a list of all the shows I might not have watched. I think you have them already. We just like you have them already. Most of them I do. I know. There might there might be one. Yeah. Um, cool. Rumbled Rumbled comes into the courtroom wearing motorcycle leathers because he actually took the ride with um, Miss um, Miss Love Love. I love how he's like. Sorry, I'm late. I was putting on my leathers. And they're his. Did you clock that in the on the back? He's got his name spelled out in studs. It spells Rumble. So I those love that Mr. Hits. Rumbold is like a leather daddy. I love you it. Know, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Um, and he's removed from the court for being a hooligan because <laughs> the magistrate is not having it. Is not having it at all. Yeah. Um, they call him a beatnik. They call it, yeah, beatnik, hooligan, That's et, so et, funny. Uh, Damn beatniks, which is, which is completely not what he is, but that's like how removed this magistrate is from life. So, Mr. Brandon, it looks like our research department fell short a little here and did not identify the actors who played the magistrate and the, the three magistrates and the um, clerk rep- reporter. Yeah, the uh, the pneumatic tube down from the research uh, layer down in the bottom of the uh, silo here um, came up empty. So I don't I don't know what we can do. You know what? Uh, let's put our intern to work. Mr. Bill, could you do some quick research and see if you could find any information on the actors who played the magistrates and the clerk? Oh, here oh, this is. Well, uh, very, very fast. The, the, the gentleman in the mid- middle, that's Eric Dotson, who's the main magistrate. He was actually a big-time actor at one point and guest starred in Doctor Who and was a recording member on Porridge. And I don't know if you guys ever watched Porridge. Oh, Okay. We've talked about Porridge before, I think. It's a good show. Is that the one that takes place in Liverpool? It's the one that takes place in the prison. In the prison, okay. It's with Ronnie Barker, who's, I like him better for Open All Hours. Okay. Oh, Open All Hours. See, I need to watch more TV is what I'm learning, really. <laughs> All on BritBox. <laughs> yeah, right? Who was the lady magistrate? That is Diane Holland, who was from Heidi High, and she's also <gasps> a guest star on Borgerac, which is on my watch list. Because mm-hmm. the gentleman from Borgerac went on to do Midsummer's Mortals. Midsummer Mysteries. Midsummer oh, Mysteries, okay. It's all... So I have this theory. There's about eight British actors total. <laughs> and they just sort of like move them around and put different wigs on them. And seven so are this on is, this episode. Yeah. Seven <laughs> of the eight are in this episode. Exactly. And then the stenographer is James Walker, 
who actually played the the bureau chief in the original Born Identity TV show. He was in wow. Empire of the Sun and in the original version of 1984, the movie. Wow. Okay. He so was a major movie actor. can do some research. That's, that's good to okay. know. Good to know. Good to know for future wow, episodes. Wow, good okay. job, Mr. Bill. Thank you. Even, even Gladys is proud of you. The constable who made the arrest um, calls Joseph Lee. Apparently, the constable is acting as his own barrister. And he calls Joseph Lee, who is the um, Rumney fellow who owns the cart, and asks him, you know, do you recognize who stole your cart? He points at Mrs. Slocum. Did you ever consent for her to take your cart? He says no, and he arrests his case. And Thorpe refuses to cross-examine. <laughs> Mrs. Slocum, if she, if this were an American courtroom, she would say, I object, because that's what people in courtroom procedurals do. Yeah. And she raises actually a really good objection, and I don't know if it would hold water, but if Joseph was having a slash behind the, be- the, the hedge, he couldn't see her face by the time that he noticed his court was gone. He would only be able to see the back uh-huh. of her. So I, I don't know if that actually helped at all, but it's, I mean, it sounds plausible to me. This whole scene got me confused when I was a kid because, again, I watched these when I was 13, 14. And as a young guy, you, there's some things about the adult world you don't really get and you just kind of like move on and wait for the next thing to, you know what I mean? So I didn't get this scene because I didn't know he, what having a slash meant. Oh, right. Because, yeah. Like, uh, was he like, and then of course, like they make the fun, they make fun of it. It's like, oh, uh, what did he say? Oh, um, he was, uh, trimming the hedge. So I, I, 13 years old, I thought, oh, he was trimming the hedge. That's weird. Okay. What, whatever. Maybe that's what they do in England for fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but although I know that, uh, I know that Patsy going back to absolutely fabulous, um, she says, I'm going to, I'm going to go have a slash. I need a slash. I I need need a slash. Yeah. And a waz, yeah. Waz is, I guess, the same thing. Yeah. So Thorpe's entire strategy is to rebuttal uh, about the fact that it was an accident and focus on Mrs. Lookham's character, right? Mm. Uh, about the fact. So uh, he calls Cam Peacock first and starts by establishing his war record. It doesn't come up that the newspaper, again with their investigative journalism, found <laughs> that he was only a corporal and not a captain. Oh, that Mr. Goldberg they... pulled the, the the rabbit out of that hat, didn't he? Yep. Mm. Um, and we learned that Peacock goes on speaking for 20 minutes, which is not unusual for him at all, right? But ends up not saying anything about Mrs. Slocum's character. Want to jump in and do a quick little thing? I posted something on Facebook about this, and speaking of Mr. Goldberg, did you know that Alfie Bass, fabulous Jewish uh, actor from London, he was in the Beatles movie Help? Did you know that? That's so cool. I didn't know that. We didn't talk about that at all when Mr. Goldberg stepped onto the scene, did we? Yeah, um, I just found out a couple days ago, and I posted, there's a really cool video, a really cool photo of the four mop-top Beatles, like, bouncing down, like, a London street somewhere. And there's, like, Alfie Bass, like, wearing a white coat. And I don't know if he's, like, selling them or Wasn't something. Wasn't he a beef eater? He looked like he was dressed as a beef eater. Mm, I don't know. I, I haven't seen Help in ages. But there's a lot of, of course, the Beatles were huge. And it was their second movie, so everyone wanted to be in the movie. But that was kind of fun to see, like, oh, there's an Are You Being Served? There's Mr. Member. Goldberg, yeah. Yeah, I love him. I love when he's in the movie where he plays a vampire. And someone goes up to him with a cross. And he says, 
boy, do you have the wrong vampire. <laughs> love him. So many people love Alfie Bass. Oh, bless. Now, anyway. as Peacock's talking and Miss Brahms makes the joke, I'm surprised he did not bring up the hand-to-hand combat with Rommel. If you're watching yeah. on BritBox with the captions, it actually says hand-to-hand with Rumbold. With Rumbold, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, no. Those poor... The poor transcription. That show has the worst captions of any show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when, if you keep watching Kath and Kim, you'll find out that they're much worse. Oh, good to know. Yeah, they're pretty terrible. Yeah, you can't rely on anything. So <laughs> if, if, if there's a joke that doesn't make sense even with the captions on, don't trust the captions. Just turn off the captions, listen to it, and, yeah. and have faith. Yeah, or go look it up on the Kath and Kim Society on Facebook. There are always people who are asking questions about about the captions and what things really mean. So they've they've been needing a podcast for years. So good <laughs> yeah. for them. Um, Mr. Moulter has brought is turns up to the court with Mavis, and he brought brought a pheasant <laughs> to bribe the magistrate. Don't worry, I'll be discreet. He opens the door and just waves it about, wiggling and dangling sh- sh- pheasants, shaking the pheasant. The clerk gives him an enthusiastic thumbs up. So. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's the way they do things in the in this part of the country, right? Thorpe calls Mr. Humphreys as his next witness, and we had just heard Captain Peacock go on and on about his war record serving under Alexander and with Eisenhower and under Montgomery. And we get Thorpe asking, well, you weren't, no, the magistrate asked, you weren't under Alexander, Eisenhower, and Montgomery, were you? No, I kept myself to myself. <laughs> great, great, subtle, duddle entendre here, right? Especially because he, we have outsiders, characters who don't know him and don't know anything about him, don't know his reputation. And they don't, they don't know that that has double entendre. So I think it's hysterical. Love it. I loved it. Right. You weren't under Eisenhower, were you? No, I kept himself. So cute. <laughs> oh, um, Brahms is called as the next character witness who curtsies <gasps> to the magistrate and calls him your grace. She, do, he, she does that classic Miss Brahms kind of like, like almost like she's asking for a rise from Captain Peacock, so to speak. No she double doesn't <laughs> understand how to deal with the quality. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, one of the female magistrates catches her eye and winks back. And I didn't catch this the first time around. I was I was taking, well, I, I was working with the research department to take notes, and I heard a misplaced laugh from, from the laugh track. I'm like, why was that funny? So let me go back and pay attention and yeah. watch it. And then she's like, oh, she's winking back. Mm, That's and quite interesting. Not only that, but she's wearing like a very masculine, like jaunty fedora. Yeah. And she kind of has like a little blazer on, maybe like a buttoned up shirt. She's kind of looking very masculine. Is this the second moment of Butch for the podcast this episode? Um, <laughs> yes, and through the LGBT lens. Yes, indeed. Uh, but it was interesting because I don't think we've ever seen overt lesbian kind of gay lady stuff in the show, have we? I mean, there's Mr. Humphreys, but I don't think we've seen the ladies' side of things, have we? I don't think we've ever had... Um, was there? Was there... Ever a lady who is sent to the gentleman's side rather than the lady's side as a no, customer? No, it was always, no, it was always the other way around. The other way and around, yeah. I will say, do pay attention to this character because she does come back. And this, this line of, of thought with Miss Brahms does come back in future episodes. Very interesting. Oh, interesting. Does she try and um, 
have a little sapphic rendezvous at the Milston Manor. Wild horses can't drag us out. <laughs> anyway, um, so Miss uh, Miss Brahms <laughs> is going on and on to speak to Mrs. Slocum's character, and but she, then she goes, "Well, mind you, after a few gins, she's up for a prank." <laughs> like, Why did you have to go there, Miss Brahms? Right, love her. Um. Uh, finally, he, uh, the lawyer calls Mr. Moulter, and he's waving the pheasant about, etc. I love that. Like they're, then, they're so desperate for like witnesses, they're like dragging everyone in, and right. And everyone well, says, "Mr. Moulter is the one that's known her the longest because they were in the war together as teenagers." Right? <laughs> so I love how um, each of the witnesses for Mrs. Slocum, uh, they say like, "Oh, how long have you known Mrs. Slocum?" Years and years, years. And Mr. Years and like years and 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 of course the the camera goes to Mrs. Slocum and she's giving that wonderful Slocum side face snarl you know and then everyone <laughs> who comes after him is like years and years and then of course Mr. Moulter comes up and is like how long have you known and then of course he's already laughing. I think the actor was just laughing because it was funny. Years and years, years and years and years. It's really, yeah. really funny. Really cute. Yeah. <laughs> Poor uh, Mrs. Slope. Thor Thorpe asks him, do you doubt her veracity? And Moulter responds, well, she definitely had it when I first met her. <laughs> and I cracked up at this. Because it's such a subtle... Such a subtle entendre here, because you have the first of all the misunderstanding of what the word veracity. Veracity, means. yeah, like virginity like, or something. It sounded like virginity, <laughs> exactly. Um, it reminds me very much at um, one of my best friend's weddings uh, a couple of years ago. We were all in our late a couple of years ago. We were all in our late twenties, so it was not thirty one. Yeah. Um, uh, one of our friend's mothers has a, a very body sense of humor. And this was, you know, back in the early aughts where people still, still took pictures with cameras. Oh, how, how you know? novel. And so, and so one of my friends is looking around at the rehearsal dinner and goes, I lost my lens cap without missing a beat. My friend's mother goes, oh, I lost mine when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> lens cap. I lost it. Right? That's very good. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Moulter is asked, is she experienced in country matters? To which he replies, she'd have a go at anything. <laughs> at which point, Mrs. Slocum, take clumsily, mind you, this was not as good yeah, as it the wasn't hair meant, standing yeah, on that. Yeah. She puts the veil back over her face because she's so mortified. And she almost, because she has, I, I think Molly Sugden did not have her hair, that's not her natural hair, I don't think. I think it's a wig. But she has this giant, huge wig, and then she has this little, like, thing on top that where it would hold the the veil up, but she basically almost pulls the whole thing off of herself. Yeah, she uh, almost is, loses it. Yeah, but it was so cute. She's just she wants to hide away now. Poor Mrs. That Slater. was a great moment in the series. Yes, um, Mr. Moulter actually offers the best um, the best strategy here and says that um, Joe Joe was on Sir Robert's land at the time. And the evidence is that he was poaching pheasant, and he brings one in. And so the magistrates go to confer about this. Mrs. Slocum is none the wiser. She doesn't understand that the yeah, pheasant yeah. is a bribe, right? And so they come back with their ruling to hang the bird in the cellar. No, oh, no! She, she, 
She thinks she's been sentenced and she faints, right? Which and it was, I mean, she's got to be like 60 something comedy. fainting like that. Oh my God. That was a really good pratfall for a faint, especially for her. Because we haven't seen, apart from like chasing pigs and getting stuck in the hen house, we haven't seen some of that classic Mrs. Slocum physical comedy, like yeah. when she's drunk or trying to get up the stairs. And this was very reminiscent of the original soul. And how show, cute that I she loved. thought that she, there, she was going to be hanged. Right. Um, for in like in 1992, thing. right? Yeah. But it was, it's so weird, too, because, like, I know it's a silly te- television show, and this is where we take everything far too lit- literally and seriously. But why would the fact that the Roma guy um, was poaching a pheasant off of the magistrate, the judge's land, somehow mean Mrs. Slocum? I guess he's like, okay, I'm done. I don't care. <laughs> right that's that's basically i just answered my question <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so oh, back God. at the manor mrs slocum is back in her room with tittles and this is the first time that we have a real cat playing tittles yeah because As last episode to, it was like a piece of fur on a string on a string right <laughs> and, and in the original series it was some animatronic thing that would just have light up eyes <laughs> or a tail that would go back and forth yeah um Brahms was going to sleep in her own room, but she decides to stay and keep Mrs. Slocum company because she's had a tough day. Oh, that's right. Um, and so uh, Mr. Humphreys is back in his room, and he bolts the door shut, thinking it's going to keep <laughs> Mavis out. It's like he's a young lady in a room, like in a, in a, in a tavern full of men. I love it. Right. And uh, the phone rings. I guess he, she, the mother has a direct line to his room. And he says, oh, I was in court today. No, that's all behind me. Right, that's the all those charges were dropped, dropped here. That yeah. kind of a, that kind of a, a joke. <laughs> and he's noticing a lot of interference, and he asks, are you on your mobile? And I was like, 1992. And the crowd laughed. The audience laughed, didn't they? Right. But thinking 1992, how prevalent were mobile phones back then? And they were, because they certainly weren't here. I mean, my family first got a phone for the car in the mid 90s when i started to drive as a teenager Hmm. but it was one of those big zach morris saved by the bell bricks type thing (laughs) you had your hair frosted Um, back then didn't you joe (laughs) no it it was too early for frosted i definitely had the uh center part surfer cut when i used to have hair hollister yeah um, I feel your pain. No, not b- before Hollister. Way before Hollister. This was Aeropostale. This was Structure. This oh was County gosh. Seat. Did you cinch him? Yeah. Did you belt him? That's what I want to I, know. I did cinch him and I did belt him. Absolutely. <laughs> See, as the token, you're speaking a different language to me right now. <laughs> Actually, that's more really Saturday Night Live is really what's going on there. Oh, I didn't recognize <laughs> that. I should have. Yeah. The, the, the Gap Girl sketch with um, David, David Spade, Spade and, and oh, Chris Farley. Farley. Yeah. I should Did you send them? Did you belt them? So 2G Systems started in Europe in 1991. You know, right now we're on 5G mm. and um, some systems are started, you know, slowly going up to 6G. So 2G Systems started in Europe in 1991. The first SMS was sent in 1993. And by 1998, you could pay for parking or um, snacks that you get out of a vending machine with your phone. So in 1992, when this episode was happening, yeah. Mrs. Humphreys <laughs> would have been like a, a super new user of one of these new things called a mobile. Right, but they took off very quickly in Europe, right? If we think, yeah. again, referencing AbFab, 
if we think about that um, episode at the end of series two, where Safi goes to live away at university, the halls of residence. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Adina calls her when she can't open the, the, the tin of custard and all of the students and the professor go searching for their mobiles because they don't know whose it is because it's ringing, right? And oh, that was yeah. early 90s as well. Yeah, so, we, I think in the States we were definitely behind that because 92, yeah. I, I remember thinking like, oh, what are you, like a CEO? Like, why would you need a phone? Yeah. You know? I got my own first mobile in, I'm going to date myself here, in, um, in 1998 because I was taking... Um, university classes at another university and I had to drive um, regularly during rush hour and my parents were um, just wanted me to have it for safety because yeah. this was also start, the start of the disappearance of um, pay phones and so that's that's when I first had one. Speaking of phones I was, spec I was talking with a friend of mine recently and he is um, 27 and he was going through Ouch. like a bad breakup with his girlfriend and like, you know, I'm like, oh, buddy, it's okay. You know, and I said, do you want to talk? Like, are you really upset? Because we can talk on the phone if you want, like if that would help you out. But my friend said, um, actually, no, I don't like to talk on the telephone. I'd rather keep texting. It's a generational thing. <laughs> it absolutely is. And I thought, and I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Because I'm 40. And I was, I guess maybe like 1998, 1997 when I got my first phone. But you you used it to talk on the phone. You didn't text. You didn't yeah. do internet stuff. You didn't message. So I think I'm, like if you're 39, 40 in the year 2020, 2022, you probably are like the last little hold off of people who actually like to talk on the phone. Yeah. The elder millennials are like the last ones who like like to talk oh, on the phone. God, that sounds old. <laughs> elder I'm now an elder millennial. Everyone else, like they're like, oh, why, why talk on the phone? You can just text. It's so much faster and cheap. Text, text, text. So that's a, definitely a thing, right? Wow. I am more shocked. You said 1998, the, the whole vending machine with the payphone. In yep. Lower County, Ohio, we just got that in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, peaks and valleys. I'm scared to do that with vending machines because vending machines don't work as it is. Like, how many times have you seen that spiral only go three quarters of the way around and your whatchamacallit bar is stuck in D7? It's know? always Rolos for me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Like, everything else I'll pay for with my phone, that's fine. But for some reason, I'm really skeptical about vending machines. Ugh. I don't know what it is. Technology. I think there's, all this, there's also something satisfying about the coins and putting the coins in and hearing them clunk and getting the change. You know, I think if they were to put an audio sound of coins falling. Like, like a slot machine thing. Like a slot win. machine, right? When you win. They make the sound of, like, change falling even though there's no change. <laughs> <laughs> there's a word for that. Oh my God! There's a word for that. Like when they when they put in a feature that's not necessary, but is just there for the familiarity of the users. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. Remember. Anyway, anyway. If anyone would um, know, it would be you. Mavis ends up coming into Mr. Humphrey's room through the. What back were we talking door. about again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, some TV show, right? I guess I guess the adjoining rooms have Jack and Jill bathrooms. And so she comes in and says, oh, you speak beautiful, just like Nigel Avers. Um, he was an actor that was in Chariots of Fire. He played the Reverend in Chariots of Fire. Nigel so he was a real, Avers. A real actor. Yeah. 
So she's like kind of coming, well, I don't know. It's, I will say uh, Fleur Bennett is such, I love her acting. Um, yes. I love this character. I've always talked about it. She is so sweet and innocent. And she's yes. sleeping in the bed with this man. And um, she is the new ingenue. She is the new Miss Brahms. Yeah. And I just love how she's just like looking at him and she's got like love in her eyes, but maybe she's just so pure and nice that that, you know, or she has a, a, a huge crush. You really don't know, which is really she's sweet. She's also probably never encountered a homosexual in Somerset. And she, it seems platonic almost. She looks so innocent. And then she gives him a little kiss, which I don't know. But yeah, it's just really sweet. I love it. Her. After asking for ele- electrocution lessons. Electrocution great. lessons. Great mm. malaprop there. So now that the court case is resolved, what's going to happen tomorrow? Right? Because uh, we're, we know that season one is going to be taken day by day. How many episodes are, are the full season? Um, I think it's eight. Eight or, eight wow. or ten in this season, yeah. Okay. Um... I don't know. And that that's the episode, right? Like she gives and him a kiss the on the cheek and then it. on the cheek and then he that's stay, it. He stays up all night. He's not ready to go to sleep. Oh yeah, cuz he says, uh, turn out are, are you going to turn on the light off when you're done? And he says, "No, I'm going to stay up and think a while." Yeah. And then that's it. And it's like the, the the credits. And I I thought that was kind of a strange ending, you know, like they could have had a funnier joke or maybe he yeah. could have said like I need to think of some ways out of a sticky situation or something, right. you know? I, I need to think of England or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, like, I need to lay back and think of England, which is a perfect... That's okay. Uh, Gladys likes that joke very nicely. There we go. Mr. Bill, what'd you think of this episode? I actually loved it. I'm one of the few that love Grace and Favreau. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of people's favorite series. I, uh, I, my is somewhat of Last of the Summer Wine, a view mm-hmm. of these... Older people try to navigate life still, and they, they don't want to be old. They don't want to act old. <laughs> yes. I, I'm sure that's going to come back on the series as well, because everyone's a little bit older now, right? It, Mr. Mortold is almost a less a less elegant, if that's possible, portion of a uh, compo. From Last okay. of the Summer Wine. Yes. Yeah. So I, I have to admit, and, and don't throw rotten tomatoes at me, folks. Um, I'm not super hip to Last of the Summer Wine, and I know that Frank Thornton, wasn't he played a role there? But I really don't know the show. Could you kind of, like, fill me in on it? I've never finished it all, because I can't find it all yet. It's about 200 and some dollars to get the DVD set. And I'm I'm cheap. And BritBox only has, BritBox only has a few of the seasons. But it basically follows a bunch of retirees around a small village. It follows them around about their life and, like, the widows or some little bachelors. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And a- as the show goes on, like, one of the gentlemen gets married and moves on. So he actually w- finds out one of the other friends from childhood's retiring from the military and coming back. And he makes it look like Mr. Peacock's humble. And that gentleman moves in. <laughs> and he-, he becomes the third for a long time. And then if- after a while, Frank Thornton's on it from 1997 to 2010. And then, oh, oh my wow. God! So he was the, on it. This show time. ran for like thirty-five, forty years. What? How yeah, do we it started not know in the about late seventies and went on to twenty ten. And then Trevor Bannister joined in uh, two thousand three, about twenty ten. So for years, this was Whoa. a second acting gig together. A second win for both for both of them. of them. Wow! They, they are actually on. Well, Frank Thornton was on it far longer than he was already being served. Yes. Um, 
Incredible. Wow. Well, I need, once you get that DVD, ship it, you know, we'll, we'll make a copy or something. That's, that's insane. That's a huge thing. I feel like I'm letting our fans down. That Part of my internship duties. <laughs> I didn't know that it was so prolific. I thought that it was like one of these other British dramedy shows that has three seasons of eight episodes each. But if it's been, it was on for 30 something years. That's pretty amazing. I wonder if there's a podcast about it. When did it begin? <laughs> uh, 1973 to 2010. And then we also heard that there was oh a God. prequel, the first of the Summer Wine, that one of the guest stars um, was, um, or one of the guest stars of this show was on. If you well. if you live outside of the United States, I'm not sure which countries, first of the Summer Wine is available on Amazon Prime Video, but not in America. Ah, okay. Oh, not in the States, damn. Typical, isn't it? It is. My goodness. Well, what are we doing next week, Mr. Jeff? And, uh, you know, maybe maybe Mr. Bill will be down cleaning the canteen, you know. <laughs> yep. So Pretty next messy. week we are doing um, Series 1, Episode 4, Looking for Staff. So maybe someone like will we have finally replied. <laughs> someone <laughs> will have finally replied to those adverts in the paper. Maybe maybe we'll get some good interviews going with some candidates. Okay, I have a prediction. I do not remember this whatsoever, but I, I have a prediction that the episode will be like the one where Mr. Flagstaff comes in and he can't hear and he lives in Covent yeah. Garden and he has the That's box. That's what I'm hoping. That's yeah, what I'm it's going to be like that episode. Yeah. yeah. And then the dandy comes in and Mr. Humphrey's like, I don't like him at all. No. I love that episode. Oh, God. Mr. Brandon, if our unanimous want to um, tell us more about The Last of the Summer Wine or want to apply for an internship at the Northern Mississippi Compound. It is unpaid, but, you know. How can they get in touch with us? Well, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter. You can write us an old-fashioned email at thatdoessuitmadam with an E at gmail.com. You can call our Peacock hotline at 662-PEACOCK. 662-732-2625. Uh, we haven't had a lot of uh, questions, so uh, send us one. We'll, we'll put you on the show. And, of course, you can, uh, shameless plug, you can grab some of our merchandise at the Bargain Basement Shop at imfree.threadless.com. And, Mr. Bill, where can people find out more about the Stranger Happenings podcast? A Stranger Happenings can be found on Facebook or strangerhappenings.com. We've got links to 19 different sites you can li listen to our podcast on. Ha-ha! Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bill. You've all done Mr. very well. Thank you so much. And unanimous as well, Mr. Jeff, as we also say, you've all done, you've all done very, very well. well. Goodbye, unanimous. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Bill. Goodbye. That dust madam is not endorsed by the BBC, and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are You Being Served is a copyrighted program of the BBC. Only your individual solicitor can provide assurances that the information contained in the contract and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous? Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag.
handbag, or an official podcast sofa pillow, perfect for hiding your Paddington bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup. And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear. Support your favorite podcast with some That Does It Madam merch. All at imfree.threadless.com imfree.threadless.com And you've all done very well.